नमस्ते प्रेयर्स एंड मेडिटेशंस वी आर सीइंग हाउ द मदर हैज डिस्कवर्ड फॉर अर्थ एंड मैन द पाथ दैट गोज थ्रू द हार्ट now when she explores the heart she discovers something wonderful and she is sharing this rarest of rare treasure with us much later she would say it is the heart that has wings and not the head and when the mother says it she has traveled through all the paths she has gone through the heart through the head through the will uh, even through the body she has practiced all different kinds of yogas which is also there in the prayers where she says that she had the summit realizations of all the past paths because that was necessary for both mother and shirobindo because they had to chalk out something totally new and unprecedented and after all that if we were to ask her mother tell us what is the shortest way the most perfect way the most complete way she would say through the heart and that's where we see the yoga becomes so simple but at the same time so profound this is a prayer dated december 16th 1913 she draws the distinction between the way of the heart and the way of the head we know that in india itself there have been so much uh, um you know still there has been so much of conflict between those who follow the way of the head those who follow the way of the heart but mother had followed both and there are many prayers where she speaks about the peak realization in both of these and after having done that she compares and says which one leads to where of course shobindo speaks of it in the life divine and other places in great length at one place he even speaks of two types of human beings one who follow the way of the head and he calls them these are homo intellectualis and the other he speaks of those who go through the heart and he says they are homo psychicus and he says ki maybe the homo intellectualis may uh, enter into a wideness but the profundity the depth the sweetness and the joy that comes from homo psychicus and of course shobindo's yoga is an integral yoga it is neither a yoga only of meditation nor a yoga of bhakti nor a yoga works alone but all these and much more together but the central movement the seat of dynamism comes from the heart uh, because if you see even physically the central point electrically neutral point and that is the basis of ecg even the heart is situated heart from where the blood is going to be pumped in the entire body physically also the body is a symbol so seat of consciousness is the brain but the central organ from where all dynamism of energy proceeds is the heart so she dives in the heart and brings out for us some priceless treasure december 16th 1913 love pure and disinterested thy love in so far as we can perceive and manifest it is the only key that can open the hearts seeking for thee 
This bhakti is very different from what goes in the name of bhakti. This has nothing to do with dancing, jumping, bhajan, kirtan, unmad, viraha, milan, none of those things. It is not a bhakti where there is abhiman, the sense of separation, union. But it's a bhakti which rises from the deepest depths of the inmost heart, from the psyche. It's a psychic flame which gives itself to the divine. And that's how it becomes pure and disinterested. It is not putting conditions. Not even that you must unite with me, not demanding anything even from God, but giving itself to the divine. So this love, the extent that we can perceive and manifest it, is the only key that can open the heart seeking for thee. In the head, there is division. In the heart, there is unity. Those who follow the path of the intellect can have a conception very high and very true. They can conceive the true life, the life one with thee, but they do not know it. This is very strange. Shubindu reminds us in the synthesis of yoga that we may have the highest intellectual conception of God. Actually, he starts by saying that if reading was indispensable, then there are very few who can take the path. It's only the intellectual. And he says ki, it is a very good preparation. And for those who have to manifest the divine uh, and act in a certain way, yes, it's, it's very good to have that capacity. But he says that if we rely only on that, then we may know everything that has been written about God. We may have read all the books that have been written about the eternal and yet we may not know the eternal. So she says they may have very high conception, even a true conception of God and yet they may not know the, you know, that story of Dante's uh, where, uh, you know, divine comedy where he uh, goes through different states and uh, first he is ferried across the river that divides the two parishes, heaven and earth. And the boatman he finds is Virgil. He has written such wonderful and he used to uh, appreciate him. That what a high and great intellect. And he says, why don't you take me uh, across right up to the ultimate truth? He says, no, I cannot take you to the ultimate truth. So he is very surprised that he cannot take. He had written so profoundly, such high are his works such conception? He says, yes, I had a very high intellectual conception, but somebody who, the person who will take you is someone else. So who is that someone else? Beatrice, who was a very simple village girl, uh, who was uh, no more there, and he, who, who had died, and he had kind of a very soft, gentle love for her. And suddenly it is Beatrice who comes from the other side and takes him along and says, don't look back onto the past basically and you must follow me. And she takes him to the ultimate truth and he is wondering how this simple village girl can take me. See that's why Sri Ramakrishna in one of the places he says, there is hope for the two. One, the unlettered peasant who has a simple being and who is not complicated in his head, he can turn to God and find. And for the other person who has read everything, all the scriptures, and yet he finds them insufficient. So he has read and yet he finds something is missing, something is missing and he goes further. For these two there is hope. But for the pundits 
who have the self-sufficiency of the intellect, for them there is no hope. So she is saying something similar, but in a uh, very profound and powerful way. Those who follow the path of the intellect can have a conception very high and very true. They can conceive the true life, the life one with thee, but they do not know it. So what is knowledge? Living that life, becoming one with that life, not intellectually understanding it and conceptualizing it. This is knowledge in the true sense of the yoga, oneness, identity. They have no inner experience of that life and they are unaware of any contact with thee. Not only they do not really know that life, they can conceive it, but they don't have even the contact with thee. These who have an intellectual knowledge and who have shut themselves up for action in a construction which appears to them the best are the most difficult of all to convert. So now she is saying what is the problem. So when we have constructions, those who go by intellectual knowledge can form cults, dogmas, rigid do's, don'ts, oh I know. You know these are the people who in Mother and Shurbindo's yoga will say, mother says so, mother, they will quote Mother and Shurbindo and they will build a little formation around them and think this alone is true. Now this is a most primitive kind of intellectual construction. Same we see in religions which uh, speaks about uh, this is the way you should proceed, this is not the way. Whereas uh, when we look at Sanatan Dharma, so vast, so universal, a thousand ways human beings move towards the divine. That is how we see in Shurabindu's path. But those who form an intellectual construction, they are very difficult because the moment they have to come out of that construction, they struggle. Mother gives the example of someone who, um, you know, a Japanese and Japanese, we know, they love their motherland so much and she had to, uh, she gave him that experience, a little contact with the divine. And he says, no, 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 I don't want it because suddenly I felt that, you know, my love for country, I could no more love my country the same way. The, another person whom Shurabindo gave an experience of the infinite in the finite. A silence of the mind. He felt he is going mad and he is going stupid. So the problem is that we have certain conceptions in which we are trapped. In Shurabindo's own yoga, we have these constructions which come from the past, from traditions. So when we come to the ashram, for example, a newcomer, he is looking for somebody in a gerva vastra or a white dress or somebody who can, like an erudite scholar, speak about all the Vedantas and other literature. And they think that such a person would be realized. But in the ashram, there is no value of this kind of thing because it's something authentic. You have to realize the divine and not conceptualize about him or intellectualize about him. It's alright if you know it, that may be very good and it can prepare the mind also to participate in the movement of yoga. It's wonderful if the mind can participate, but it's not indispensable. Yoga is yoga, nothing less, nothing more. So, this intellectual conception, people build constructions. That if you do this, now there are various constructions I have seen. For example, if you go out, you have gone away from the path. If you eat something outside, you have gone from the path. If you eat non-vegetarian food, you have gone away from the path. If you have a friend, you have gone away from the path. About all this, the mother has written and broken this. At one place, somebody 
came to her and said, Mother, you have only written cling to truth, you know, when we go to Shirobinda's room. So she said, Yes. So you you should uh, do that. So what is it? Just imagine the audacity of the people. She wants mother to punish those whom they think are not following the truth. So she said, Achha, uh, no mother. See, Shurvinder has also written truth and falsehood cannot stay together. Mother said, oh, is it? Uh, yes, of course, but he has not meant it. No, no, mother. And then he goes on to argue. Then mother says, you know, he is blind to his own prejudices. For somebody, if you have non-vegetarian food, you are a patbrast fellow. Another person, if you have a friend, you are a patbrast fellow. So people have this idea about God, about the divine, about the path and the journey. And when all these ideas break down, then only truth begins to dawn. The mother gives this example in in way, way early 1929, early conversations. But she says somebody went to meet a yogi and he expected that he will be sitting like this, speaking like this outwardly. But he was sitting in normal dress and speaking in a normal way. And um, he felt, how can he be a yogi? A yogi is supposed to dress like this, speak like this. And he went away. And she says he missed a great opportunity. I have a feeling that she must be speaking about her own life. But there are people who... Judge a person by these externalities, even about the Divine Mother. Why is she wearing a nice dress? Why is she wearing, <laughs> sporting a lipstick? Why has she put on a perfume? These are the ways by which people try to understand the Divine. These are all constructions. They have nothing to do with truth. But these constructions are a big problem because they come in the way to realizing the truth. So they are the most difficult to convert. One finds it harder to awaken in them the consciousness of the divine than in any other being of goodwill. It is so difficult to awaken the sense of the divine in those who live in mental constructions, especially right, wrong, good, bad. bad. These are necessary things for action in life. We don't have to discard them. Until the true law dawns which is from within outwards. But to think that the divine acts and judges uh, everybody morally and acts according to our notion of morality and right and wrong would be the most foolish thing. Then he would not be divine but an aggrandized human being. But the divine is precisely not that. He has his own way of dealing as uh, you know Udhav says, Udhav karman ki gati nyari. Ujjwal pankh diye bagule ko koyal kehi vidhikari. Murakh murakh raj karath hai pandit firat bhikari. Now Udhav doesn't understand that what is this Leela? The Leela of the Lord cannot be understand as long as there is something of moha, uh, some kind of attachment to an idea, opinion, viewpoint which holds us back. So it is only when these scales drop off that we can see that why the Murak is uh, sitting on the throne, the idiot is sitting on the throne and why the Pandit, the, the knowledgeable man, he is uh, going from door to door asking for doles. Then one will understand, not otherwise. It is love alone that can accomplish this miracle. For love opens all doors pierces through all walls, crosses beyond all obstacles. And we know this, that when we love somebody, then we accept the person unconditionally 
and all our nature begins to change in the nature of the person we love. So love is that force which spontaneously makes us one with the object of our love. That's why it is so important to know whom to love. But regardless of that, whomever we love, we should love as if that person has a divine presence within because that is the fact. Even if we are not able to see it, we should love the person as we would love the divine. And if we proceed like that, then we will go past appearances, which means love unselfishly, without demand, without expectation. Then we will touch the principle of divine love, which is in every creature. So, this is the path. And of course, if we are fortunate to have had the closeness uh, of the divine himself, embodied divine, then there is no limits, uh, no bounds to this realization. So she says, reminds us, it is love alone that can accomplish this miracle. For love opens all doors, pierces through all walls, crosses beyond all obstacles, and a little of true love does more than the finest speeches. That's why we see with the mother. She in the beginning has those conversations and later on she again has those conversations. But otherwise a predominant action is through the heart. Simply changing human beings by the power, silent power of love. So it's so beautiful we should read again. And a little of true love does more than the finest speeches. O Lord, let this pure flower of love blossom in me so that it may make fragrant all who approach us and its perfume sanctify them. So the very fact that the flower of love blooms within us its fragrance, its beauty, its radiance will touch all hearts and awaken them to the divine presence within. And she continues, In this love are found peace and joy. If somebody is unhappy, basically it is because of lack of love. It's not that the person has not got love, but perhaps he has closed his heart to love for whatever reason. And as long as that fortress is not shattered, he will continue to remain unhappy. He may think, complain that it is because of this outer reason, that outer reason, but always, always it is because the heart has been closed to the energy and power of love. This is what our present civilization badly suffers from because it has developed uh, you know, its development has been exclusively of the brain, the left brain, a completely left-sided development of analytical thought and therefore we miss out on the energies of love and therefore we are perpetually unhappy, perpetually angry because this is what we are missing. So the treatment is, of course, ideal is if we love the divine. But if we have not reached that stage, love someone. Love at least the tree or plant which is outside your house. Love someone, love a person, love an animal, someone. And if we love, we'll see our life changes. 
in this love are found peace and joy the source of all strength and realization it is love that carries us to the through all the obstacles and difficulties and challenges of the path it is love that gives us the strength to dive deep and burn in the fire of purification for the sake of her whom we love see there is a beautiful we were talking about dante and it's uh, ends very beautifully he asked beatrice why did you come to take me you didn't even know that i love you and she says i came for the sake of love the love that weaves the stars so it's a very vast love and that love gives us the strength the joy the peace and carries us through the journey it is the infallible physician the supreme consoler it is the conqueror the sovereign teacher there is no better physician than love it heals us from within outwards gives us the will to live and releases in us joy and peace and strength which ultimately heal and this is healing even at a most physical level it is a supreme consoler it's not philosophy and people often talk about you know counseling physiotherapy they reduce it to a system and method no just carry true love in the heart and this will heal and is much more than any of the systems of counseling and physiotherapy uh, psychotherapy that we know existing in the world they are all too mentally oriented it is the conqueror the sovereign teacher it conquers over all obstacles and is the teacher beyond teachers oh lord my sweet master whom i adore in silence and to whom i am wholly consecrated who governest my life inflame my heart with thy pure love so that it may burn like a fiery brazier consuming all imperfections and transforming into a comforting warmth and radiating light the dead wood of egoism and the black coal of ignorance we can only say may we awaken to this state and may this prayer become our prayer she is praying to the sweet master whom she adores in silence it's not a particular mechanical prayer it is she adores in silence and she is devoted she has consecrated her whole life to the divine and she prays that you are already govern my life governing my life you inflame my heart with this love which consumes all egoism all desires everything so that the dead wood of egoism becomes a radiating light and a comforting warmth so that the black coal of ignorance is gone and its place the shining purity of the diamond immaculate diamond light that is born in our heart lord i turn towards thee 
with a devotion at once joyful and grave and i implore thee our devotion must be glad because whom are we loving the lord the master and our self giving must be full of happiness and joy nothing is uh, i mean even if everything in the world were taken away but for the sake of that blessed vision of the lord then it is worth it you see arjuna face to face with a man slaughter where all his kithen king are going to die even his own children and then he deserves the glory of the lord that face and we see this in everybody's life i have several times recounted the story of uh, amir khusro who gives away all his wealth just to have a glimpse of the uh, face of the master and he says when the master asks him was it very expensive to reach me because he has carried the master sandal on his head he says no it was uh, very cheap so even if one were to give up everything it's not that the master will take away sometimes he takes it as a token and sometimes he takes away everything and gives it back to us <laughs> all aims were lost in her then found in her but we should not do it with this idea that oh i am giving away he will give back to me he will purify it he will raise it it's in his guard it is with him and whenever he sees that we need anything from the past the present or future it will come to us so that is a state of supreme felicity and great peace and satisfaction so with that state of complete abandon to the master she is turning and with a joyful devotion and at the same time grave because it's a solemn thing to be in front of the master it's not a trivial frivolous thing she is not serious but she is grave because it's from the deepest profundities of her heart that she is imploring what is she imploring that which we need most we don't need right now you know people may think we need ventilators we need masks we need this we need that all right there are people to do it and it's perfectly fine what we need now is love that can heal human heart the light that can free us from the bonds of ignorance the power that can make us aware that within us is the million bodied one the will that can surmount every obstacle the optimism the faith the spirit of surrender and sacrifice which we see embodied in the mother and shurbindo so she implores the love lord and may we join her may thy love be manifested may thy reign come may thy peace govern the world